Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. So last week we launched what we're going to be speaking about over the next couple of weeks in the month of December, and that is hope. What is the real meaning of hope? And why around Christmas time so many people latch on to that word hope? And I'm hoping, here we go, I'm hoping that we can explore that a little bit more, that we can actually make an understanding that we can come away from today and go, I actually haven't thought of it that way. I don't want to just think about it here in the service, but I want to actually impart it into my life so that I can actually be hope to somebody else. But not because of our actions, but because of what Christ is doing within us, through us, and through the people that we're actually in commune with at our workplace, in our family, at our schools. I'm excited about this message. I'm excited because last week we heard four of our young guys, that have, our guys and girls that have just come back from an experience over in Nepal, but not only just the experience in Nepal, but throughout the year being developed outside of their realm of comfort, outside of their norm, outside of their world, and seeing that God is actually a lot bigger than what they can actually fathom. And he wants to entrench blessings onto us more than what we can actually take. We just need to make that ability to be able to step into it. They got a glimpse over in Nepal. They've had a glimpse throughout the year. But the challenge was brought up and I was was glad that I didn't bring it up, but somebody from the, the congregation brought it up, is how do we actually do that over here? How do we actually start doing that here in Penrith? Is it possible? Of course it is. Because what I've come to notice, especially over the last couple of uh, weeks, months and years, is that the only limitations God has is the ones we put on him. And if we limit God to what we can do, then we're we're humanising God. But that's where the word hope comes in. Because hope's a lot bigger than just a word. Very powerful, but hope's a lot bigger than just a word. So let's explore that. Today I'm going to be doing a little bit of an unorthodox preaching style. All right. Normally, a lot of you guys have heard a lot of preaching styles. They'll come up with a couple of points here, there and everywhere, and then they'll come home and bring it home like a baseball match. They'll bring it home and they want you to take that away. I'm actually going to start with the big thought. And my big thought that I'm hoping to expand off, not only just expand off, but I'm hoping for you guys to actually start allowing to manifest into you, is hope. Hope is the catalyst for our salvation and our restoration. Now, the key point in this is that you actually need to understand what catalyst means. Hope is the catalyst for our salvation and our restoration. You hope in something bigger. The catalyst means that you change that frame of mind. It is a a new direction. 
It is what everything is stored in, is the catalyst, is the outcome for our salvation and our restoration. Salvation is where we're going to, where we are going to, our salvation in Jesus Christ and our restoration here on earth is from where we were to where God wants us to be. Last week I started moving with a couple of words and as you guys have realised that I'm, I'm starting to look into different words and the different meanings and the different ways of um, that the authors throughout the Bible were trying to express what was going on when Jesus was walking on the world, what God was doing back when um, the, the phenomenal things uh, were happening within the Bible. And in last week, I, I explored the word hope. And the first one that I brought up was the Aramaic version, which is uh, taikvati, which is, practically means a reservoir. And if you look at and you think of that word reservoir, and I'm not going to uh, kind of explain it over, but I want you to actually picture what you think a reservoir is. What a reservoir is. When I say the word reservoir, do you see the word hope within that? Is that where you store things? In Hebrew, I'm bad at pronouncing, but tekwa, tekwa means expectation, but not just expectation, a complete expectation that whatever it is you're hoping on will come to fruition. So two, word, two meanings of the word hope is expectation and reservoir. In Aramaic, it's reservoir. In Hebrew, it's a complete expectation. The English language, in the English language, we tend to throw out words around, uh, throw words around and sometimes don't realise how powerful they are. The word hope in, Engl- in, in, the, in English language often conveys doubt. For example, I hope it will rain tomorrow or I hope that the fires are going to stop today. There is doubt in me saying that. Because everything leading up to that shows me that possibly that's not going to happen. There is doubt in that. That's the first part. Next one. In addition to that, the word hope in the English language is often followed by the word so. Notice that? So, for example, you ask somebody, did you get the job? I hope so. Or, unfortunately, this is the answer that some people may give when asked if they will go to heaven when they die. Even Christians, I hope so. There is doubt in that. However, that is not the meaning of the word usually translated as hope in the Bible. The Bible has quite a lot to say about hope. Biblical hope. Hope to which the foundation is faith in God. But in the Old Testament, it explains just a little bit different. The Hebrew word batah. I'm hoping, am I pronouncing that right? I am beautiful, there we go. The Hebrew word batah, a word that sometimes replaces tekwa, which is hope, sometimes replaces, or if it doesn't replace it, it is very close together in the scripts, if it hasn't replaced it. 
This wording means it has the meaning of confidence, security, or being without worry or care. It replaces the word hope, depending on the scripts, depending on what the author's trying to get across. And it means confidence, security, and being without care or worry. The reason why I'm bringing that up, I'm going to start relating it back to the Bible. There's going to be a whole heap of Bible verses. So those that are taking notes, just I would say that you'd just put down the Bible verse and reference to it later on. But the first one that I'm going to bring up is in Job. Now this is at the back end of Job when a group of people are trying to find water where water does not exist. But they are hoping that the water is at this place that they're going. So in Job 6 it goes, the travellers from Sheba hope to find it, talking about the water. They're hoping to find it. They count on it, but are disappointed. In the Hebrew text, it actually changes it around to that batah, that security and confidence, that not worrying about what's going to happen. But they are still disappointed. When they arrive, their hopes are dashed. There is no water. The next one I want to bring up to you in the Old Testament. So this is we're talking about the Old Testament versions of hope at the moment. Is in Psalms when King David, David the uh, the psalmist of this, so that we get the generalised knowledge of, of the psalm that I'm about to, to preach. It's um, is on Psalm 22, and if for those that are familiar, it starts off, "My God, My God, why have you abandoned me?" And if you know the backstory of that, you would understand why he's thinking that, he's having that doubt. But the verse that I want to highlight is this one. Psalm 22, 9. It says, Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb and led me to trust you at my mother's breast. And the reason why I'm highlighting this this morning is because last week I introduced you guys during the communion time and also just before we got the guys up to the thought of the upper room. The thought of the upper room during the Last Supper, that Jesus told his disciples to go and find the person that is that already has the room prepared before they even get there, and that everything that Jesus says actually comes to fruition. So he's already created that hope before we actually even take the step. The reason why I'm saying this is yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb and led me to trust you at my mother's breast. Every movement that David had was guided by God. And we have that opportunity as well. The next Bible verse that I want to highlight is in Ecclesiastes 9. And pretty harsh words, but I wanted to highlight it because... We want you to understand what this biblical hope is and what we can put our hope in. Ecclesiastes 9.4, it says, There is hope hope only for for the living. Sorry, there is hope only for the living. As they say, it's better to be a live dog than a dead lion. Now, I'm going to expand on that. It says in the Bible that we, once we 
accept Christ into our hearts, that we are a new creation, that we are living, that God is living through us. The Spirit is living through us. The living water is living through us. So there is hope for only those that are living. And it's better to be a live dog than a dead lion. It's not about our actions. It's about what we actually put our faith and our hope in. In most instances, that's the Old Testament. In most instances in the New Testament, a lot of the scripts are in Greek. So I'm going to translate back into the Greek word there. So the word hope in Greek is ellipse, ellipis, or ellipso, which translates to a confident expectation or assurance. Very, very close to the English meaning to hope. So a confident expectation or assurance. These are powerful words when you actually start thinking about them. You confidently expect something to happen or you are already assured. There's the preempt. You are already assured of what you're hoping on. There is no doubt attached to this word. So when they use this in the scripts, they're using this word ellipse not with any doubt whatsoever. So the doubt that we use in the English language sitting there going, I hope so that this is going to happen, it's abolished when it's used in the biblical scripture being the biblical hope. I am already assured, so I cannot have doubt. I confidently expect this to happen, so there is no doubt Therefore, biblical hope is a confident expectation or assurance based upon a sure foundation for which we wait with joy and full confidence. Does that sound familiar? Just that back end. That back end. Let me read it again. Based upon a sure foundation for which we wait with joy and full confidence. Romans 3. It says, even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence. In other words, there is no doubt about it. There is no doubt at all. Full stop. If we are living the biblical hope instead of the humanised hope, there is no doubt in that. So I just wanted to sum it up just quickly. What I'm trying to get across here is that You've heard me talk about the English version of hope. You've also heard me talk about the biblical version of hope in the Old Testament, but you've also started hearing me touch on the, the, the New Testament biblical version of hope. So I'm going to make it in layman's terms because I needed to actually put this down, so I'm hoping this helps you guys out as well. Old Testament equals hope was used in a method of security and a reservoir because they were always hoping for the next. They were always hoping for God to turn up, but they were taking security in that. The New Testament one is hope was used to express expectation or assurance. Why is there such a difference between those? Why is there such a difference? I'm going to tell you. The Old Testament is before the Holy Spirit was imparted into all of God's children. The New Testament is after. We have a model of hope. We have something to clutch hold of in the New Testament. 
this type of hope that I'm speaking on gets its body in Hebrews 11. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. I love that word, reality. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Such powerful words. And I've also been alluding to the the last couple of weeks is that there are so many different ways that you can look at this because our English language is limited. So in the Passion Translation, listen to these words, and these nearly brought me to tears. Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. We as human beings long for something. What is it? This is a journey that we need to go on. What is that question we are longing for? Not physical things that we can touch. It is the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Such powerful words. Let's today not make them just words. This verse at the beginning of the faith chapter, for those that are familiar with Hebrews 11, carries with it all of the confidence that comes with knowing for sure, with no question, what we have been promised by God in His Word will come true. We are limiting that in our lives. Our faith is confident assurance for its foundation, it's founded upon the rock of our salvation through Jesus Christ, through the Lord, our Saviour, even before we were even thought of. Hope is steadfast. All of our actions, all of the actions of the heroes of faith recorded in Hebrews 11, were made possible because they had faith based on their confident assurance or hope in God. Not by their own actions, not by human hope, not by the doubt that we portray, but by the hope that they had in the salvation that they already received. Which kind of contradicts because I said the salvation came in the New Testament and a lot of the ones in Hebrews 11 were very much Old Testament heroes. So it brings me back to the Last Supper. It was already prepared before they walked the earth and they put hope in that. They put hope in God saying that I'm sending my son for your salvation, that I'm sending my son there will be somebody greater than, greater than any creation to show you the way. <laughs> as believers, and this is a challenge, as believers, we are also called to give an answer for the hope that is within us to anyone that may ask at any time. In 1 Peter 3.15, it says, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if somebody asks about your hope, As a believer, always be ready to explain 
If somebody asks about your hope, let me change that. If somebody asks about the way you live your life, why you are living, your purpose behind it, what is your answer? Are you confidently stepping into, I know whose I am, not just who I am, I know whose I am, I know the result in this. I know that Jesus died on the cross, not just for my eternal life, but my eternal life starting now. For when I give my life. Therefore, biblical hope is a reality and not a feeling. I'll repeat that again. Therefore, biblical hope is a reality, not a feeling. Biblical hope carries no doubt. Biblical hope is a sure foundation upon which we base our lives, believing that God always keeps his promises. Even in the hard times. Even in the storms. Hope or confidence assurance can be ours when we trust the words, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes has eternal life. John 6, 47. In another version it says, I speak to you the living truth. Unite your heart to me and believe. Unite your heart to me and believe. And you will experience eternal life. It doesn't say when you die you're going to experience eternal life. It says, unite your heart with me and you will experience it now. That's pretty confronting sometimes. Because a lot of the times we put our expectations, our hope, in when we die, we go to heaven. God is actually inviting us into something that we can actually bring heaven down here. And if we live on that biblical hope, we're not hoping on our own abilities. We're hoping on what God can do through us and we are that vessel for that to actually happen. Now this is the hard bit. Accepting that gift of eternal life means our hope is no longer filled with doubt, but rather has a sure foundation of these main factors. The whole of God's word, sure foundation. The entirety of God's character, sure foundation. And the finished work of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. The whole of God's word. The entirety of God's character. And the finished work of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. So, to answer the main question that we had at the beginning, what do we put our hope in? Really, that question should be where does your hope come from? In Romans 15, I introduced you guys to that. Last week, 
And I'm hoping that you can start expanding your mind to the point where you become heart-led in this because where your hope comes from is depending on how you live out that hope. And it says in Romans 15, I pray that God, the source of hope. What is your source of hope? Then it goes on and says this, will find you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. That's really hard during the hard times to actually sit there and go, I, I, I trust that God's going to get me through this and if, it's, if He doesn't, it, it, like God's will be done. But if we're living biblical hope, then we need to live by these words. We'll fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. And the next bit, then you'll fire and you'll overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Just like Michelle was saying in the, uh, in the offering talk, that trickling over, that we ourselves, our vessels cannot harness the love that God wants us to share. Not just to have, but to share. When we live on biblical hope, when we live on God's hope and not our own, we cannot help to share God's love. I'm going to invite the worship team back up as we close off today. And the last thing that I want to leave you with is I left it with you last week as well. I love these words. I love this translation. In so many different translations, it says the similar type of things, but the words out of this Passion Translation, just for this this area that I'm about to say to you guys, I want you just to resonate on. The reason why I want you to resonate on it is because as we take this step into actually opening up and broadening our, our horizons or our thought process in hope, where our hope comes from. It's all good and well to do that when we're in church services and things like that, but when we go into the community, when, it, when we go into where we're going as a church or individually, uh, we live in a fantastic community in Penrith. A very broken community, but a fantastic community. And my hope, my hope, is that one day we can be that restoration that Penrith needs. Not just Penrith Churches of Christ, but we as children of God can go into a broken community and show love, show that restoration in places where it needs restoring, but people are just blind to it. My hope is that we can set up an environment as a family as brothers and sisters, as children of God, that we can sit there and go, I love you, my brother and sister, even though I do not know you, God knows you, God loves you, I love you, no matter what you do in your life. I want to show you the love that I've experienced. I want to show you the hope that I've experienced and I want you to be saturated in the love that I have had, even though you may not be ready for it. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to love on you. And here it is in Romans 5. 
It says, what incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. But that's not all. Take these words in. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our precious will develop in us patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character. And proven character leads us back to hope. What did I say before? I say if we put our hope in biblical hope, God's character, complete character comes through. Not our character. God's complete character comes through. Leads us back to hope. The source of our hope needs to be God Himself. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. Because we can now experience, there's the word that I was saying before, we can now experience, we don't have to wait. We can now experience the endless love of God. Here's this word cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Now here's the challenge. Hope, the catalyst for our salvation and our restoration. It's there. It's already prepared for you. So what are we going to put our hope in? Are we going to put it in our own limitations, on our own worries, on the things that are happening in our life, in the things that we can actually only do? Or are we going to put it into somebody who's created everything that we see, everything that we breathe, the reason and the purpose of our lives? The person that is inviting us into a place where he is just saying, be who I've created you to be and then let me do the rest. I haven't created you to be the person sitting next to you. I've created you to be you individually, my child, with a purpose and a plan. And let me cascade in and through your heart, through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So where does your hope come from? Lord, I pray I pray that we can first of all just sit in you. I pray that we can just feel your presence as we start to mould back our own hopes and expectations and start to actually live into and breathe into the biblical hope that you've already put in front of us the hope that does not let us down, that is an assurance of not only who you are, but who you want us to be. Lord, thank you for seeing us for who we are. 
Thank You for knowing us. But Lord, I pray that You help us hope on You, nothing else. I pray for that cascading love to not just dwell in our hearts, for us to dwell in the house of the Lord, but for us to spill out and overflow because we cannot contain it anymore. I thank you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org. www.cofcpenrith.org. 